1: Hello folks, today Rod and I bring you the fascinating tale of Amos Owens, a legendary North Carolina moonshiner. another one of the stories of Appalachia.
2: Well Steve, this name sounds familiar to me, at least the last surname, Owens legendary north carolina moonshiner like you stated but there is much more behind this tale than what we're just saying right now in the opening part of our podcast well and we'll get to that a little bit later but um, just
1: keep that name owens in mind and keep thinking of a tv show but this really right is a very fascinating story we've talked a lot about moonshiners recently we had never done one on a North Carolina moonshiner until we did the one about Betty Sims. Mm-hmm. And that just led me over to look up this fella, Amos Owens, and found quite a story, which I thought we ought to tell. Well, let's, let's just get ready for it and tell the story. Okay. Well, Amos Owens was born in 1822 in the mountains of western North Carolina. That was a hard life for he and his family, meaning Amos didn't have the privilege of getting a formal education. In fact, Roddy only attended school for a few days. But despite that, he carved out his own unique path, starting at a very young
2: age. Well, at the age of nine years old, Amos was already working hard, drawing water and cutting trees in the mountains of western North Carolina. It was a tough upbringing, but it laid the foundation for a remarkable future. By the time Amos Owens turned 23, he had saved enough money to buy 100 acres on Cherry Mountain in Rutherford County. This mountain, setting at about 3,000 feet above sea level, wasn't that spectacular compared with some of the other mountains in the area, which include Mount Mitchell or Grandfather Mountain. But it's said that from the top, you can see into Tennessee, Virginia, and South Carolina. So it's no wonder Amos was interested in it. However, It's quite likely, though, that the real reason that Amos Owens bought his land there related to how the mountain got its name. Indeed it did, Rod, because on that
1: mountain grew wild cherry trees. Lots of wild cherry trees, producing cherries with a very distinctive flavor. And it was those cherries that made Amos Owens a famous man and household name across the southeast in the latter part of the 19th century. Shortly after buying his land, Amos tied the knot with Mary Ann Sweezy. And um, get this, Rod, he paid the justice of the peace who married them in brandy he'd made from a still on his own land. Yes, Amos Owens had decided to invest in the making of moonshine, a time-honored tradition that had been passed on to him from his Irish ancestors in the quote-unquote old country. But that unique wedding payment was just the beginning for he soon became a renowned moonshiner, brewing up a concoction he called Cherry Bounce. And this is where Cherry Mountain becomes a critical part of Amos' story. I thought you were going to surprise
2: me and say this is where wine got its name. You know, where I don't mean, have, you know, I don't know. Cherry, <laughs> you know, I don't know, but still it, it kind of sounds like it might have a ring to it like that. But imagine this, Steve, a mixture of corn moonshine, honey, and cherries from the very trees growing on his 100 acres. The juice from those cherries, well, it was said to have been squeezed out by the bare feet of his daughters, like they did in the old world. By the age of 29, Amos had sold so much of his cherry bounce that he was able to buy the rest of Cherry Mountain, turning it into his own mountain estate. He spent the rest of his life there. But Amos Owens, he just wasn't a moonshiner altogether. He was a loyal citizen of North Carolina, and when the Civil War started, he had to make a choice. His choice was to fight for the Confederacy, participating in several battles, including one of the battles of Bull Run and serving in the 56th North Carolina Regiment. He faced hardship as well, though. Captured and held in a
1: Union stockade, Amos nearly starved to death. He was a strong man, though, managing to survive and return to his beloved Cherry Mountain and resume his chosen calling. Now, when he made it back home, Amos found that the only slave he had had been freed by the Union Army. And in an act of personal protest against the Union, he vowed then and there never to pay the federal excise tax on distilled spirits introduced by Abraham Lincoln in 1862 to fund the Union war efforts. And he kept to his word. Now, it wasn't just untaxed whiskey that made Amos popular in Rutherford County. He began hosting an annual celebration on the second Sunday in June for his friends, neighbors, and moonshine customers, many of whom were his friends and neighbors. Folks would come from miles around on horseback, on mules, on foot, however they could get there to join in on those festivities. And Rod, those festivities were something to behold, weren't they? Oh,
2: yes, they were. Because for an admission price of 25 cents, now that was big money back then. But for 25 cents, as we look at it, folks could enjoy food, cherry bounce. I'm sure they could probably enjoy endless amounts of cherry bounce before it was over with. Dancing, yes, dog fighting, boxing matches, and even Gandhi pulling. <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know what Gandhi pulling is, <clears throat> it involves chasing geese and, well, Why don't you just go ahead and Google it? I think you'll find out. We have a family audience here, and that's what we're gonna where we're gonna leave it. Okay. But when the festivities came to an end, Amos would bury the admission fees in half bushel baskets at secret locations on Cherry Mountain. Smart man. Before he would leave his cash, or leave with his cash, I should say, he threatened to kill anyone who tried to follow him. No one ever dared to challenge him on that particular threat when he said that. He took his money and his savings account very seriously. Amos Owens' legend spread across the Southeast, far beyond North Carolina. In fact, his cherry bounce made it very far outside of Appalachia. Jugs of his famous concoction were carried on luxury paddle wheelers traveling down the Mississippi and the Ohio Rivers, from Cincinnati down to New Orleans. It's said that the bartenders on these boats always kept a jug of cherry bounce in their liquor cabinets for riverboat customers. His cherry-infused moonshine? Folks, no other way to say it. It became the stuff of legend.
1: But Rod, to paraphrase a certain movie, with great popularity comes great scrutiny. Mm. Federal revenue agents were always on Owen's trail, trying to catch him red-handed. Amos, however, was no ordinary moonshiner he used a telescope to spot agents approaching, although he wasn't always successful in evading them. What set Amos Owens apart is his unique approach to appearing in court to answer for the crimes of making untaxed whiskey. When some of the court, instead of coming wearing work clothes or a simple shirt and tie, buddy, he made a grand appearance. Appearing in an old-time high silk hat, a long Prince Albert coat, dress shirt and tie, baggy trousers all held up by homemade leather suspenders and always carrying a cane. Sort of like the banker drawing on the Monopoly cards in case you're having trouble seeing it. And he wasn't just dressed for the occasion. He also brought charm and humor into the courtroom, disarming even his most ardent foes. On one occasion, facing the prospect of prison, he joked saying he might be sent back
2: to Sing Sing for a postgraduate course. Oh, my gosh. Sound like he's got a sense of humor like Big Haley. Mahalia Mullins did at one time, you know, yeah. sooner or later. She, had, she made some quips, and, of course, you know, they made quips about her. She's catchable but not fetchable and things like that. But that charm that he was using worked wonders. Owens, also known as Colonel Owens, by his loyal customers, won acquittals in his early trials, leaving spectators laughing at his homespun country humor dressed in a grand outfit. And in case the humor and appearance didn't work, he had another plan. In one court appearance in Asheville, he had a wagon load of, get this, 40-gallon jugs of Cherry Bounce hidden by 20 bushels of potatoes delivered to the courthouse building. His associates sold the whiskey until he had enough to pay his fine and also pay his lawyer. Smart man right here. Very smart. Over the 50 years of his moonshining career, though, Amos Owens faced federal prison three times. One notable instance was when he made a quip to the judge ending with, to hell with you too. The judge didn't find it very amusing and sentenced him to a year in prison and a $1,200 fine. And I'm sure, former counselor, you should know well about this because this is what would be considered contempt of court, wouldn't it?
1: Uh, Yes, indeed. And I certainly would never have said that to any judge that I was ever in front of, because I'd probably get the same sentence he did. Nonetheless, all good things must come to an end. And this includes the moonshining career of Amos Owens. Owens' last court appearance was at the age of 68 and was a little bit unique. You see, the judge, tired of seeing Amos yet again and concerned about his advancing age, offered to let him off if he promised to quit moonshining. Amos adamantly refused. This refusal actually earned the judge's respect, for he knew Amos Owens well enough to know that he couldn't just say he'd quit just to get a sweetheart deal and then turn around and keep making shine. So as a gesture of that respect, the judge let him go, presenting him with a new suit and tie, while the prosecutor gave him a new silk hat. And this gesture apparently touched Amos deeply, for there's no evidence that he ever ran a single drop of cherry bounce for the rest of his life. And while this marked the end of Amos's moonshining activities, Rod, it wasn't the end of his story, was
2: it? No, it wasn't. And I can tell you right now, you'd never see that gesture take place on Perry Mason. No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like Steve said, this wasn't the end of Amos's story, okay? Because in the early 1900s, Amos entered into an agreement with two promoters, Reverend T. Bright, okay, and newspaperman C.D. Wilkie. To start, the Amos Owens Cherry Tree Company. Okay. Well, they sold cherry tree saplings from Cherry Mountain, certified by the North Carolina Department of Agriculture. However, demand exceeded the supply of the trees. To meet the demand, Wilkie and Bright began sending out whatever saplings they could get their hands on, even if they weren't cherry trees. The company made $40,000 selling fake cherry trees, until they were caught and convicted of fraud. Now, mind you folks, one of the promoters was Reverend T. Bright and a newspaperman. Okay. Now let that sink in for just a little bit. Okay. Now the company made that money until they were caught and convicted of fraud and Wilkie and Bright were sentenced to four and a half years in prison and fine $1,200 each. I'd be interested in knowing how much that is in today's monetary standards of what it would be. But Owens likely had no idea he had become the unwitting victim of a scam by his own partners before his death. And that's what's so sad about it. You know, he thought he was doing something pretty good, or at least he had entered into something pretty good. But these other two guys had other things on their mind, of course, making money.
1: Yeah, and of course, like you said, he had no idea that he became that witting victim of the scam because Mm -hmm. he died before all that came out his death Mm -hmm. happening on september 18th 1906 and Mm -hmm. amos owens rests in peace at wall's church inside of his beloved cherry mountain in rutherford county
2: well here's some interesting things we want to add to the story There was a company in England that produces a liquor, and I I assume they still do today, but they produce a liquor named after him, referring to North Carolina, including their version of Cherry Bounce. Other companies also produce Cherry Bounce, but now I don't know anything about it, if it's as good or better or whatever it might be as opposed to the original brand, but still there is a company that goes and takes advantage of it. Now, here's the other thing. He was a legend in moonshining circles. And for some people, maybe even more so than Popcorn Sutton. Can you believe that? I mean, he's a, he is a legend. He certainly yeah. is.
1: Uh, I will tell you about this Cherry Bounce stuff. Cherry Bounce, from what I've been able to find out, has been around for a lot longer than Amos Owens. Mm-hmm. His cherry bounce, though, is unique because of those particular cherries that were on Cherry Mountain. Right. Unfortunately, there are no more cherries or cherry trees on Cherry Mountain. They've all been cut down. I assume a lot of it had to do with these people just getting every sapling they get their hands on to sell. But mm-hmm. from what I understand, Cherry Mountain no longer has those wild cherries, so that's gone. That particular flavor can't ever be reproduced. But folks, I'm sure, try. And if you want to go check it out, there is a Cherry Bounce Festival every year. It happens in Forest City, which is about 60 miles southeast of Asheville. And this June, the 7th and 8th, they'll be coming to town with that. They'll have samples from local distilleries, arts and crafts, and food, but no gander pulling, we promise. And again, go check that out with Google. We don't really want to tell you what to do with that. But here's the kicker, Rod. He does have a descendant who does do
2: moonshining on a TV show. Which TV show is that, Rod? It would have to be Moonshiners. That's about the only one that I know of that's very popular, been very popular, continues to be very popular. Yep. And the fellow's name is Josh Owens. If you're a fan of the show,
1: he's been on there for years, and I believe he's going to make an appearance at that Cherry Bounce Festival this summer. So if you want to meet him, and get his autograph, come on out there and check all that out. Very fascinating man. I mean, I think in a way, at least in North Carolina, he's probably much more popular and well-known than
2: Popcorn Sutton, to right. be honest. Well, and then, you know, we talk about these varieties of moonshine, and they also have this on the TV show, too, that Josh Owens, his descendant, is on. And... You know, it's not just straight shine anymore. You are an even more talented moonshiner when you can go and properly blend in flavors of something and make it so good that you really forget about the bite that comes, I guess, with the the drink of the moonshine or the sting or whatever goes with it. I mean, it's got to be smooth but it's still going to grab you one way or the other when it goes down. But you know, this thing about fruits and different things like that, you know, that seems to be the craze now that a lot of people are trying to do. And I think Josh Owens has even done this before certain thing of trying to put certain things. I know that at one time on that, um, Moonshiners, they were trying bananas, different things about bananas and different kind of fruits. Some things work and some things don't. And it's like you said, The cherries were so unique to the mountain and that flavor, and that's just what made it so special.
1: Yeah, and it's a shame that those trees are no longer there. This was so popular. I mean, just imagine some moonshiner in North Carolina getting his shine on steamboats, riverboats, from Cincinnati down to New Orleans. I mean, that's, that's popular right there. Yeah, that is. And folks, that's the story of the North Carolina moonshining legend, Amos Owens another one of the stories of Appalachia. Thanks for listening. Now be sure to subscribe to the stories podcast. You can do so at Spotify, at Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or on your favorite podcast app. So next we meet. Y'all take care. So long, everybody.